Human interviews are all about capturing people's diverse passions and special skill sets. Bob Garlick and Andrew McGivern chat with local and international specialists to find out what they do and why they do it. Hi, everybody. It's Bob here at the Maven Interviews. And today we've got Bonnie Sainsbury. Andrew, who is Bonnie Sainsbury and why should people be listening to her? Well, we the show is called Maven Interviews and we're you know capturing people's diverse passions. And um, this guest is definitely a maven. She recently was given uh, a word uh, in a blog post on Forbes, the top 20 women social influencers in the world. And also in a separate post, uh, in the top 50 overall. So uh, with over 100,000 Twitter followers and an avid social media advocate and marketer, she knows her stuff, Twitter maven on the Bunker Project, host of, co-host of Women Talking Tech. She does, she's done a, a heck of a lot and one of Vancouver's top social influencers and one of the world's top social influencers. Absolutely. She's, and she's a lot of fun, too. Did I miss something? Oh, yeah, I missed that. She's a lot of fun. Yeah, she's a lot of fun. Oh, and, and she's blonde. There you go. Ta-da! <laughs> and, she's, and she's in Quetzalano. Yeah. So if you want to go visit her, hey, Bonnie, that's, that's a, that, we could start off with a totally inane question. Is like, uh, what's your favorite coffee shop or restaurant to sit down and tweet? Or do you just tweet at home? I just tweet at home and on anywhere I am. Yeah. But um, I like the Wired Monk, which is in my neighborhood. Oh, cool. Mm, yeah. yeah. Now, why so, the Wired Monk? Just because it's a cool place, it's convenient to get to? Uh, yeah, there's actually four coffee shops in a two-block range. No, it, it's kits. So uh, the Starbucks is way up in the... Uh, four or five blocks away in the shopping district and so these are all independents I, I think um, uh, Wired Monk may have two others but it's certainly not a large chain um, it's very nice it's run by uh, um, the owners in the store all the time they have interesting things uh, the food's actually made on the premises for the most part so yeah cool well there you go oh cool. Bonnie's got a pussycat just visited her. Everybody, this is an audio podcast, so there's some fun stuff. Yeah, we're we're doing see. this on a <laughs> we're doing this in a, a, a G plus hangout, which is awesome. If you haven't tried one of those, now Bonnie, um, our, ratings, our social media ratings just went up because of cat. Yeah, exactly, yes. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. We well, post she this. knows. Yeah, when when the uh, camera's on, so <laughs> she jumps up. That's hilarious. Cat's the original social commenters. Yes. Yes. So we're going to do a bit of ping pong back and forth. I'm going to ask you questions, and Andrew's going to jump in and ask you a totally technical question. So I guess you're up, Andrew. What do you got for uh, Bonnie to to uh, make her brain hurt? <laughs> well, I, uh, I'd like to ask um, what, what's her key social tools that she's using to manage her Twitter account and how she um, uh, handles such a large volume of, uh, of followers and how she keeps engaged with, um, with them. And, and, and keeps that level of, um, of interaction high. So for mobile, I use Plume, P-L-U-M-E. Nobody's ever heard of it. Um, I, I do like it on my phone and on my tablet. And that's because with 100 and some odd followers, 100 and some odd thousand followers, managing them is difficult. So I use lists which means I probably, oh, about a thousand people. So I can regularly monitor a thousand 
about a thousand people on lists. And people changed on the lists. I rotate them through. So I use TweetDeck. Uh, I, I like TweetDeck. It's fast on my laptop and my, work, uh, my workstation. So that's how I monitor. I also go through every once in a while and um, I'll pick one uh, follower and I, I just wander up and down and see what they've said. And that's not one. That Every day it's probably four or five just to see what I've missed because I'm not on Twitter all the time. There may be other ways to do that, but um, I do it manually. And I'm using community, C-O-M-M-U-N dot I-T, to, to find influencers. And basically that tells me who's retweeted me, um, you know, that kind of information. And also tells me uh, people who are, other people who are influencers who haven't necessarily um, interacted with me, but nevertheless are interacting on Twitter. So I'm using community a lot to try to find out what's uh, what's going on. I, it has some uh, uh, automation that I don't particularly care for. You could, it'll harvest uh, Follow Friday lists, that kind of thing. Um, I'm mostly on Follow Friday. It's somebody who's who I remember that th we've had some kind of interaction. They retweeted. We had a conversation. So these days, that's what I use Follow Friday for. I know when I was building my community, I was um, a little bit more strategic about Follow Fridays. Uh, I, I don't know. I'm, it's Follow Friday has uh, just lost the appeal that it had before. Hmm. I don't know how other people feel about that. I think it's overdone. Hashtags are the other thing that just drive me crazy. I think they're overdone. Um, you know, some people some people put like twenty Follow Friday posts in, in a row out, right? Like to try and catch yeah. everybody, kind of thing. It's funny. Now, Bonnie, I want to jump in here and ask um, for the person that's relatively new, and I'm not talking a rank amateur just got their. Um, or newbie uh, that's just got their uh, Twitter account, somebody that's maybe got 500, 600 followers, how can they build up that community? What's the best way? The way that I do it is you find uh, a community around a thought leader or an influencer. Uh, that may be somebody with only 2,000 followers, or it could be somebody with 200,000 followers. But someone... And you stick with that community for a week to two weeks because now uh, Twitter is um, has less and less of a sense of humor about being aggressive. So you have to be very, very careful when you're building. Plus, you should be building a quality uh, Twitter community. 100,000 people when 80,000 of them never sign on or never see your tweets is there's there's no reason for that I mean it's, it's just numbers and yes you can't uh, I agree that you can't reach all of a hundred thousand followers every single day but at some point if you have people that are connected and, and it is possible to do that so I would again I would go back to 
pick a thought leader, pick an influencer, and then look at their account. So uh, lists is a really good place to start because that particular person has identified these people as important to, to them. And someone, the influencer followers, follows. Again, there, some kind of a decision was made to follow those people. Then I retweet the influencer once or twice during the week. You don't want to stalk them, but once or twice. Because you want to become part of that community and then just go in there and harvest. And now you have to do it manually. But that's not a bad thing if you've only got 500. You probably shouldn't be following, churning, following and unfollowing 35 to 50 people a day. I wouldn't, I would definitely not do any more than that. Is so that, you just go down and you follow. That's what you, you meant by harvesting, though. Yeah, that's what I meant. Yeah, uh, she's a social media farmer. Yeah, I am. But, but it has to be done with some purpose. Uh, it's very nice to just go in there and click, 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 click all the way down. You can get fairly good at reading their bios very quickly. Or uh, depending on what utility you're using, you can either read their bio or you could read their last chat. I like the bio better. But if you can get an idea of chat, because most of the time my tweets are education-based, but every once in a while I, I do have a conversation with somebody and my last tweet, it's about one in a hundred, might be thanks. <laughs> so, um, yeah, the bio. So mm. I would so say that. And then the second part is you have absolutely have to have a very strong bio. It has to say who you are, what you do, where you are, and a URL. So, I am a citizen of the universe, and I love to ride my bicycle. I don't care how talented you are, I don't give a damn. I don't even know where you are. So, so have a strong bio, and um, when you're when you're harvesting other uh, when you're harvesting followers, you want to be very strategic in who you're who you're following. Make sure that it's not a waste of your time. You, they want to be in the niche that you're targeting, and um, or in the in the geolocation that you're targeting. Yeah, yeah, That's, yeah. And then the other thing, uh, because under two thousand, you should keep them even. Because when you get to 2,000, they have to be even, otherwise Twitter won't let you move forward. And, and I, I like the idea of having them 10, 10 to 15 percent, uh, within 10 to 15 percent followers and following. Uh, if you're some movie star, you can do whatever you like. If you think you're a um, hot damn social media person, you can do whatever you like. But truly, this is supposed to be a conversation. And if you've got, you're following 200 people and 60, 50, 15,000, 60,000 people follow you, I, that's not a conversation. I don't know what it is. Ego. Yeah, you're just broadcasting out to uh, the people without, uh, you know, being part of the, uh, you're not interacting with people. Mm. No, not at all. Okay. 
What do you think, Bob? Um, you know, I, I, I agree 100%. It's for me, I, I kind of abuse Twitter a little bit because I'm always blasting stuff out. I, I'm creating so much content all the time, and I use uh, Twitter for more of a, as a, hey, you know, here's some great stuff. But I also, I don't do 100% my content. And that, that was something I wanted to ask Bonnie is what what's a good ratio of your content compared to other people's content? Because I don't think it should be all your content. Bon, Bonnie, what, what do you think? Uh, almost mine's probably 90% someone else's content. Uh, I've heard numbers 15 to 20% of your own content. Otherwise, it's not in- inbound marketing. It's advertising again. All you're doing is blasting something out. And, um, yeah. The other, now, the other thing is your content, has, no matter whether it's your content or someone else's content, has to be of some interest to your community. It can't always be me, 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 me. So even though it's someone else's content, there are people who twist it all around so it's always about them. Hmm. And I, I think we've social media has come way past there, especially if you're marketing. And I think everybody is marketing on social media. So you're either um, marketing a product, your services, your point of view, um, or or your point of view as a business person or uh, from the uh, point of view of an organization or a religion, or your own personal point of view you like that movie it's all marketing mm. yeah well, it's the old, it goes back to the old saying that whenever two people are talking somebody is selling something <laughs> absolutely <laughs> you spent the time to go on there to say something so it's important to you even if it's inane to um, you know 90% of the rest of the world mm. The, uh, what I thought was very, very interesting was the way the world uh, reacts to the um, plane crash that was in um, uh, San Francisco a couple of days ago. So there were some very technical people on that uh, airplane. And uh, one of uh, Samsung's executives was on the airplane. And one of the first things he did was, I can't remember that he used a utility to let everybody know that he was okay, what had happened and that he was okay. And then he started tweeting about it, not for him, but to let people know that he was okay and what had happened to the airplane. And I read his um, a transcript of his tweets, and at some point, someone said to him, uh, "I've got X Y Z from CNN on the phone," and he said no. Mm. So, so he, I thought that's when it came to me, and I went back and I read them that he wasn't looking for attention for himself; that he was communicating. This is the way he's communicating with the people that are around him. So there's that his friends and his family and his co-workers 
and then there would be other people who were friends and families and co-workers of the other people that were on the, the, the plane and then the third level was the rest of the world but not as a look at me look what's happening to me but as pure communication mm. and and i think that's new and he gets it doesn't he i mean just using that channel really um the best way um i thought it was genius and it was something that he did without even thinking mm-hmm um, I, I actually that that's a very good segue to to my my next question, which is conversations. And this is a super basic thing, but I think this is where people all fail on on Twitter or or get stuck and then abandon Twitter and don't give it a chance. Is how do you have a conversation on Twitter? I, it sounds so basic for you, Vani, I'm sure, but it's such a fundamental thing that most people don't get, and if they start a conversation, they do it wrong. So, can you explain to people the mechanics of a conversation? Well, it's something I struggle with too. Um, I, I, conversations are maybe one percent of what I do. I schedule an awful lot of the information that that I put out to Twitter. Otherwise, you spend all of your time on Twitter, and I'm there four or five times a day for about ten minutes. That's a lot, and during that time, I interact. So. When I have a conversation, I don't consider thanks for the retweet, please retweet me, any of those kinds of things, a conversation. Recently, I've discovered OneNote by uh, Microsoft, which is uh, Microsoft's version of uh, Evernote. I also have an Evernote account, but I it's a mess. So I went on and I said I enjoy. I was enjoying Evernote and the fact that it integrated with Office 365. And two or three people came back, uh, quite techie, uh, techie people, came back and said, you know, have you tried Evernote? So they weren't pushing anything on me. But we had an interesting conversation about the, the differences and uh, the things that Evernote and OneNote had in common. So that was a good conversation. Uh, it lasted, oh, I don't know, maybe an hour, probably five. It was two people and myself, and maybe five tweets, and that was all. So that was good. I had, a, I got another point of view. I went back and I looked at my Evernote. As a result of that, it's still a mess and needs to be cleaned up. But um, who else? Now, people I know, I have conversations with, and that doesn't necessarily mean that I've ever met them face to face. But we've had other. Uh, we've had other conversations. So which one wins, Evernote or, or OneNote? Oh, I still like OneNote because I, right now I'm using Office 365 for most things, and yeah. I can schedule into Office 365. And Evernote has a, a cleanness that, oh, sorry, OneNote has a cleanness, a um, simplicity of use that Evernote doesn't. Mm, and okay. that, I think that's just because Evernote was one of the first, and so um, um, I find the the GUI a little clunky. Okay, at, I'll and check it out. I've, I've just, got it on my computer. I just haven't used it because um, because I do use Evernote. But I'll I'll check it out. <laughs> cool. and then you'll be ranting about it on the Bunker Show. 
It's like, oh, you got to try it, man. It'll be awesome. Well, it's good. It, I like things that are simple to use, mm. truly. I, you know, mm. you've got a brain. Why would you be spending, uh, you know, all, or exerting your brain power on something as silly as making notes? You should be using your brain for, uh, you know, creating things and doing great things, not every day-to-day things. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. there you go. Cool. Andrew, you got a hot question? Um, sorry, I was just distracted there for a sec. Um, a, a hot question. Okay, let me think of one here. Um, what is... Okay, we're still... We're still we're, we're keeping this focus on Twitter, right? Yeah, yeah, because I know you want to go... You know, we'd love to digress and have a beer, but that's another show format. But, uh, you know, we're trying to keep on track here for sure. Okay. So given that you started a, you recently, you, you started Women Talking Tech with uh, Margaret Reynolds. Um, and uh, you, you, I'm sure you're doing some promotion using Twitter for that show. For someone who's got like a web show or a podcast, how would you recommend using Twitter to promote their, their content uh, and get their show maybe more exposure? Uh- we're just doing it the same way you would with a uh, with a, a, a blog. So I find that you can, for every single blog post or webcast, you can tweet three times. Because somebody may not have noticed it the first time. We have been saying we are going to tweet just before the show. And that ha- just hasn't happened yet. Because even though we're on our 13th show, it's... We're still, um, yeah, <laughs> turning around before the show. And sooner or later, we'll, you know, we'll get to the point where we'll actually get everything on the checklist done. So uh, right after the show, uh, as soon as it's up on uh, YouTube, uh, we tweet. Each of us um, tweets out that that's been done. Then when I put the show up with the show notes up on the blog, it gets tweeted again. And about three or four days later, it gets tweeted again, slightly different languaging. And then probably around eight or nine days later, we tweet it again. And so far, uh, we get okay numbers for all of it. So, um, Three seems to be a good number. I picked it out of a hat. Hmm. Um, I wanted to ask you about um, the the phenomenon of people tweeting while watching a TV program or watching a sporting event or something like that. Is is that more of a fad thing? Is there a value to that, or, or do you think they're just utilizing it to to jump on the wave of, of an event? Okay. Uh, I can't do two things at one time. I've tried it. And truly, um, I would rather watch and enjoy whatever it is that I'm doing. Um, And I know a couple of people now uh, that are making notes about uh, whatever's happening. Now, that happened to be a business event, a, a, a conference. And... In between speakers, that's when she tweets, and she spaces them out. And I thought that was pretty smart. I wish I had thought of it, but truly, I 
you've got a speaker. You you spent the company spent a lot of money for you to be there to listen to that person. And if you're tweeting, I don't know, I can't tweet and listen to that person at the same time. Hmm. So uh, next time I'm going to go and I'm going to write this things. I'm going to write these things down. Yeah, that's a good strategy. I, I like that strategy. Yeah. Um, yeah. Maybe uh, I'm not a big sports fan. I don't. I've never done that. So. Uh, or maybe watching I, Vikings. You do it for Vikings. Uh, yeah, but I don't watch Vikings the same time. I don't watch TV the same way everybody right, else yeah. does. I binge. Yeah. And it's yeah. usually quite late at night. <laughs> hey, I wonder if there's a hashtag binge. There probably is. <laughs> Um, now, what I want to do is, uh, because we're trying to keep these shows down to 25 minutes, we're kind of running out of time. One last question before we run away. Uh, Bonnie, for people that are in Twitter and uh, want to do more with Twitter, what's the one thing that they should do that you recommend? Keep your audience engaged. So everything you do should be about your community, about your audience. It's not about you. And to do that, you you uh, use analytics to find out what they like and just give them more of it. Is that is that uh, the strategy? Well, I think you you have to have a very good idea of who your niche market is, mm. and uh, and that's right. And then you use analytics to find out what time and what's um, yeah what they're interested in. And I, I'm surprised all the time about things that I think people are interested in. And I try different things all the time, and I'm always surprised. Mm. And and my community is uh, probably I haven't done much building in the last six months, so I should know. And I have a good understanding, but once in a while, yet yeah, no, almost every day something. Wow, they you know they like that, so I keep track of that kind of thing. I mean, I um, and sometimes to you know. You try it two or three times in a row, and it's not necessarily just news. Uh, so it wouldn't be just that it was news at that point, at that time. But sometimes, a few weeks later, they don't care about it anymore for whatever reason. Hmm. Hmm. But you, it cannot be about you. If it is, uh, you better be some movie star, some something. Yeah, like I'm so awesome today, or I look, my love, my new mustache. Can't be just doing stuff like that. No, you should be talking about your new mustache because. Uh, well, what you could talk about though is you could say, went to my barber to get my mustache trimmed. He's great. Yes. Here, here's his address in in, in a bitly link. That, right. That would or be. yeah, once a year you grow your mustache for mm. uh, what is it? Cancer. Yep, uh, it's it's prostate cancer for guys. That's uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Gosh, that's okay. coming up pretty soon in about three months or four months. Right. So, so then you can talk about mm. about it because again, it's not about you. It's about cancer, mm. and it's about people giving to cancer. It could even be about cancer survivors. Mm-hmm. But it's not it's about. Also, it's also about an excuse to to grow a mustache. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Ab- yeah, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Yeah. Um, you know, at actually, that last thing you said, it's, it's not all about you. That is basically 
the fundamental rule for PR because, you know, I talk to a lot of people that come and say, Bob, can you help us out with PR? And I say, sure. And they say, yeah, here's our product. Make a press release. No, it doesn't work that way. We need the story behind the story before you can make a press release. So go find somebody that's using it and are doing something really cool and then – you can get some press, but uh, people get inundated with just garbage. All uh, ten thousand uh, press releases a day, and I would say ninety nine point nine percent of them are completely off base. Yeah, yeah, and the press release is, is push marketing, right? Yes, not inbound. Yep. So and that reminds me, actually, of uh, I've been listening to Marcus Sheridan's podcast, Mad Marketing. Mm-hmm. Um, he's the guy behind uh, River. Uh, I think it's called River Pools. Yes, and yes, yes. Yeah, yeah. So he's got this pool company that was almost went into business during the uh, the economic uh, downturn, and in 2009 he was on the brink of bankruptcy, and he just started blogging every day, and um, uh, and what he did was he just took all the questions that his sales reps were getting about fiberglass pools because that was his specialty. He doesn't do concrete pools; he just does fiberglass pools, and he just answered all the questions in a daily blog. Every question that he got, he answered, and guess what? People put into Google. They asked those yes. questions, yeah, and he became the uh, the world's most trafficked trafficked pools website. Wow! And now he's a content. Now he's you know doing a yeah. consulting for content marketing, but um, and that's his his own company's his biggest case study. But it's interesting. It, it, that's exactly what you're it, that 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 what you just said reminds me exactly of that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Can we talk about DMs before we go? Absolutely. Good call, Bonnie. DM. DM. Direct messages. Direct messages. Right. Okay. Worst thing ever? Don't. Don't, (laughs) don't, don't. So often, I don't know who is telling newbies to direct message someone when they follow you. Mm. So what happens is there are utilities out there that will, when I follow you, send me a direct message. So that's just you and I see it. And it says something like, thank you for following me. Please friend my, you know, I'm on Facebook too. Or, uh, you know, check my LinkedIn group or buy my shit. Come on. First of all, we just met uh, Margaret Reynolds, who I do Women Talking Tech with, calls it social media foreplay. And Alex Mondozian talks about walking into a bar, going up and uh, talking to the best-looking woman in the place and asking her um, what you're going to name your what we're going to name our first um, our firstborn. It's the same <laughs> Thing. You know, warm up. If you've got something interesting, I'm going to notice you. Maybe I might not notice you right away, but I'm going to notice you. And uh, if you're particularly obnoxious about it, I block you now. Mm-hmm. Well, I think what happens too, Bonnie, is like if you're doing interesting stuff, you may not hear about it through me. You might hear about it through somebody else and say, hey, you know, that Bonnie, she's got some great tweets. And say, oh, hang on. I'm following Bonnie. And then there's that, wow, let me check this out because they're being referred from a friend. And, and that's the most powerful referral. Yeah, I, I know very few people who even bother with DMs anymore. Yeah. Simply yeah. because uh, there's so much junk out there. And the other thing is, I can't remember the name of it, but there is uh, some sort of a utility that you can use um, to prove that 
the follower is real. Oh, yeah. I used to use that. I got rid of that. I, I'm sorry. Uh, I'm manage, not. Manage Flitter does that, right? Does it? Who, are, who is real. Like, I'm, what, oh, no, no. This is a, I'll f I follow you, and you've got this utility that says, I have to go to this website and put oh, this yeah, thing yeah. to prove. To authenticate that you're not a, not, that you're not a bot. Yeah. I know. Yeah. Uh, no, I don't think so. Yeah, that's asking a lot of a person. But, uh, but there's a lot of people still who use that. And once in a while, I even found people who are private. I, I don't know why you're on truly on Twitter. If, <laughs> you know, Twitter maybe at one point used to be one of the only ways that you could communicate back and forth. But there are so many other utilities where you can uh, communicate with a private group. You don't need Twitter to do that. Yeah, there's lots of other tools like email and a phone. Well, That's yeah, and there, but there are others too. Mm. Um, the fellow from Samsung was using uh, Path, I think it's called. Okay. Um, so there we are. Awesome. Bonnie, thank you very much for coming in the show. I really appreciate it. And I want to have you come back again and we will ask some uh, new questions for more advanced users. Uh, I'm sure our listening audience would be fascinated in finding out more great tips and tricks from Bonnie. Uh, you can follow Bonnie. How can people follow you on Twitter? B. Sainsbury. Okay. That is B as in Bonnie and then Sainsbury, S-A-I-N-S-B-U-R-Y at Twitter. Yep, just mm -hmm. like the... Winner of the spelling bee goes to Bob. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Thank you very much. Now, this is a, that's an inside joke because I'm the world's worst speller, but I was cheating and I just moused over Bonnie's <laughs> picture and said, there's no way I'd have tried to done that with, with guessing, that's for sure. Uh, Andrew, do you have anything before we wrap? No, that was great. Thanks, Bonnie. For Thank you for us. having me. Awesome. We hope you enjoyed the show, and I'm sure you will love our next guest, but until then, visit the website at maveninterviews.com for more information and links to iTunes, Twitter, and other social media platforms. If you would like to leave a message, please call 1-877-636-1474. You never know, it might be you featured on the show.